Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. I'm just so overwhelmed by what the Lord is doing here. Um, I'm so grateful for it. And, uh, you know, this doesn't happen by accident, right? You have to create space for, for the Lord to do something uh, in a church. And I'm so grateful for your pastors um, that they've done this. Um, God told Elisha, dig ditches, make space, create room that I could fill. And that's exactly what is happening here. And I'm incredibly grateful uh, to be here today. I'm incredibly grateful for your pastors and uh, not, only for, not only for 30 years of ministry, which is worthy of honor. Can I get an amen, somebody? Not only... 40 years of marriage. Come on, everybody. Uh, but that you're, you're a 30-year-old church that is young and fresh and new and growing and vibrant, and God is moving. And that's a big deal. And I think Pastor John, Pastor Debbie, they're worthy of double honor today. Can we put our hands together? I, I love you. I celebrate you. Uh, I'm so moved today. For real. We love you. And this, this truly will become, I, I believe with all my heart, uh, a, a place, I don't, I'm not used to using the word apostolic, but this will become a house um, that I believe pastors will come to, and uh, I, I see them coming to you saying, I need you, and I don't know what you're going to do with that or how to strategize that. I don't know if that, I don't know what that will look like, but um, I believe what's happening here is just going to send uh, ripples through the body of Christ. I know that our church will be different when I get home just because of the few hours we've already been here. I'm a, I'm a born and raised Pentecostal, charismatic, roll on, you know, growing up, you didn't have church unless you were rolling on the floor with a flag. Amen. That was how I grew up. But, but as you know, I'm 38 now, we're pastoring this church in Las Vegas, the most unchurched city now in America. And I'm saying, God, how do we, how do I get what changed my life? And how do we, how do we win a city? And uh, I think that there's a blueprint here. For, for the body of Christ. So, amen. Give God one more big, 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 big praise for what he's doing here. Wow. Well, we do come from Vegas. Uh, if you're ever in Vegas, um, witnessing or... <laughs> I don't know what you do there. We're not here to judge. Here, here's... Here's my commitment. If, if you come to Vegas and maybe do some things you're not super proud of, come to church on Sunday, and we'll bring you right up to the prayer line. We'll cast the devil out of you. We'll anoint you with oil. We'll send you home like nothing happened. You'll just be, man, I was so blessed. It's such a great time in the Lord. Uh, if, you, if you had a good weekend in Vegas, come bring an offering, okay? Amen? Okay, amen? <laughs> 
But honestly, we are, we're, we're really seeing a move of God planted the church four years ago. Uh, we've now seen over 7,000 people come to Christ and uh, thousands of people baptized. Today, we're going to baptize a, a bunch of people uh, back at home and uh, God is moving. Pray for us. If you, if you ever think about us, pray for us as we're, uh, you know, really trying to do something kind of new and unique in that city. Um, all right, let's go to the word. Genesis chapter 12. I'm going to read just three verses to you. So honored to have my wife here uh, with me as well. Um, my wife, Shannon, we've been married now in August. We'll be married for 16 years. And uh, love you. Thank you for coming with me. And we're, we're in the middle of a little bit of a building planning mode right now. And so we wanted to come see the buildings and just be inspired. And we, we is inspired. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make you famous. You will be a blessing to others. Everybody out loud say, blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on earth will be blessed. It's so important through you, through you, because what God wants to do for you and even what God is doing in you, he then wants to get through you. He doesn't want it to stop with us. It shouldn't end with us. Our life shouldn't look like a pond that is just constantly receiving, but our life should look like a flowing river that wherever we go, there's life and there's peace and there's the move of God going through us. And so I want to talk, um, I want to talk from this subject today, one life, one life. What could God do with just one life fully surrendered to him? What could God do with your yes? What could God do through you? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the moments we share. And I pray that you would speak to us now in an undeniable way in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate this worship team. Beautiful today. Um, I got to tell you, I've, I've been walking with Jesus this, uh, this past June, uh, 24 years since I gave my life to Christ, uh, June 10, 1998, and now 20 years in September of full-time ministry uh, serving the body of Christ. I just, I got to be honest with you, I still love the Lord. Like, I love the Lord. Anybody love the Lord? Like, I just, okay, if you don't, this is going to be awkward, okay, but I just really love Jesus. I really do. I love church. I love worship. I love seeing people receive ministry. I just, I love God. I, I love that I'm raising my, my child in the house of God. I love that our family's in God's house. I just, I really love God. I'm not a professional communicator. I'm not a Christian TED talker. Uh, this is not a, just a career choice for me. I love God. And one of the reasons that I love him so much, I could name many, but is that he calls us. That he uses us. That he doesn't just save us and then go, okay, you watch me do God's stuff, but he allows us to be a part of it. Paul would say it like this in 2 Timothy chapter 1. He said that God saves us and calls us with a holy calling. 
this is so beautiful to me that God would call us, that God would allow us to be a part of his story. Yes, it is his story, but we get to be a part of it. We get to, we get to be co-laborers with Christ. We get to be ambassadors of Christ. We get, to, we get to be a part of the move of God. We don't simply watch it. We're in it with God, this is, this is so unfair that, that as believers, we automatically have purpose and calling and destiny, that God is doing something with our life, that he brings something beautiful to our name and to our family's name, and he brings something beautiful to, to our life, that we're not just going to heaven one day, but that heaven is coming to earth through the body of Christ. You're saved, you're called, you're loved. I love this about God. This is our story that God can take us, that God can use us for his glory, that God has a purpose for your life. Maybe you've never heard that before, but can I just tell you an old classic line that is so real and so important? Jesus loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life. I don't know if you've ever heard that. I, I feel like looking into this camera right now because I can remember being a kid watching Dr. Robert Schuler say, Jesus loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. You got to know that for your family, for your children, for your future. God loves you. God has a plan for you. He wants to use you. This is the God that we serve. And, and you might be sitting there going, but I'm not good enough or I don't pray enough or I don't know enough of the Bible or I've made too many mistakes or I come from the wrong family. Friend, can I just tell you, you are the perfect candidate for God to use. Can I get an amen, somebody? God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And if God has called you, no one can cancel you. And if God has called you, it's time to say yes to that call. God doesn't use perfect people. They don't exist. They just don't. So he uses me and he uses you and he uses us. He uses anyone who will give him a yes. This is the God that we serve. Oh, but Jabin, I'm just, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. No, no, no. You're, you're raising up world changers and history makers. Jabin, I'm just a barista. No, no, no. You're, you're keeping us alive. You're... <laughs> can't live without you. We need you. I'm just a real estate agent. I'm just a police officer. I'm just, no, no, no. We're not just anything. It's not that God just uses preachers or worship leaders. It's that he uses the body. And when, and when God can get a corporate yes from a church, anything is possible. What could God do through one life? What could God do through one house? What could God do through this one church that could literally change the nation? I, I'm just crazy enough to still believe that. That as a 16-year-old, you're, you're told you're a history maker and a world changer. I'm 38 now, and I'm still believing, God, that we can make a mark on history. We can make a mark on our nation. We can make a mark on the world. Come on. God still has a plan for America. God still has a plan for your family. God still has a plan for this world. Oh, give me an amen, everybody. I'm going to stop preaching. i got to calm down. I'm in James River. i got to keep it. Act right, Javen. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. There's too much faith in this room. Here, here's, the, here's the first thing i got to tell you. For, for God to do something with this one life, you need one word. And the Lord 
said to Abram. Man, our God is a talker. God, God never shows up without speaking. He always speaks. He always speaks. He, he spoke and he's still speaking. Man does not live by bread alone, though I thank God for bread. Amen. For, for carbohydrates. Praise the Lord. That part is not my favorite part of the scripture, but I like this second part of the scripture. But by every word that proceedeth, you can get a preceding word for your life. You can get the word of the Lord for your life. You can get, you can get a scripture for your family. You can get a scripture for your future. You can get a word from God for your business. You can get a word from God for your family. I'm not talking about God's going to tell you what to wear every day. or I'm not talking about being kooky or flaky, but I'm talking about God will talk to you. God will speak. Man, I don't know about this business deal. God will talk to you. I don't know what to do with my teenager. God will talk to you. Man, I feel like our marriage can't get a breakthrough. God will talk to you. The Lord said to Abram, remember, Abram is the father of our faith. He, he's the picture of our faith. And, and so what God did for Abram, God will do for his people now that we're under the blessing of Abram. God will talk to you. God will speak to you. God will lead you and God will guide you. Jesus said, my sheep, they'll know my voice. The voice of a stranger, they will not follow. The Lord said, notice it's the Lord. This word Lord is a Hebrew word where we get Yahweh, or maybe you've heard Jehovah or Yahweh. This is that word. One theologian said, this is the most holy and appropriate name for God. See, God is who he is. But God's name is Yahweh. You got to know that, that his name is Yahweh, that, that this is his name. I, I, I am a human, but my name is Jabin. God is God, but he has a name and it's Yahweh. And when God introduces himself to Abram, this is their first introduction. He goes, Abram, I just want you to know who I am. I'm going to reveal it in a name. My name is Yahweh. Let me tell you why that's so important, because Abram was a polytheist. Just a little fancy word for it. He had a God for everything. He had multiple gods for multiple situations. You needed rain, you went and talked to the rain God. You needed, you needed uh, food, you went and talked to the food God. Why can't get pregnant? You went and talked to the pregnant God. Whatever, whatever you had a need for, you would go to that God. And now God introduces himself to Abram. And he goes, Abram, I'm Yahweh. Let me tell you why that's important. Because that's God above all gods. Lord, capital L above all, little l, lords, uncreated one, pre-existent one. Abram, you need rain? You come talk to me. You're hungry? You come talk to me. Sarah, I can't get pregnant? You come talk to me. Going into battle? You come talk to me. Have a need? Come talk to me. Are you lonely? Come talk to me. Need direction? You come. Stop settling for little g gods. You don't need them anymore. You got me now. And can I just talk to anybody that might be settling right now for little gods that make you feel safe but are actually keeping you small? Can I talk to you for a moment and say, you don't need all these other little gods anymore. You have Yahweh God and you're rolling your eyes because you're an American. You go, I know there's only one God. I get it. No, but we will settle for the God of the fear of man. We'll settle for the God of culture. We'll settle for the God of greed. We'll settle for the God of lust. We'll settle for the God of popularity. We'll settle for the God of acceptance. And all of us will settle for little G gods. 
And if we're not careful, we'll wonder, why is my life not moving forward? Why, why can't I get a breakthrough spiritually? Let me tell you why. Because Psalm 115 said that we will become like whatever we worship. So if we worship dead gods, we're going to be dead spiritually. If we worship gods that have eyes but cannot see and ears that cannot hear and a heart that can't understand and hands that cannot move and feet that cannot walk, we're going to be just like them. So if we worship dead gods, we're going to be dead on the inside. But I just want to tell somebody, we don't worship a dead God. We worship the living God, the healing God. His name is Yahweh. And when you worship the living God, Sarah, your dead womb will come back to life. And when you worship the living God, your shoulder can be healed. And when you worship the living God, your child can come back to Christ. And when you worship the living God, he'll give you a strategy for your family and for your business. Come on. Our God. God is alive. His name is Yahweh. His name is Jesus. He's the I am that is I am. You need healing? I am. You need a breakthrough? I am. You need direction? I am. You need help? I am. And because he is, oh my God, I feel this right now. He's the living God. We don't worship a statue. We don't worship an historical rumor. We don't worship an idea. We don't worship a religious philosophy. We don't worship a book. We worship the author of scripture. He is Yahweh God, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha. Oh, this is who our God is. And because he's alive, we're alive. Can I just tell you today, our God can be known. His voice can be heard. His presence can be felt. This is Yahweh God. Yahweh God. And all you need today is a word from God. Chabon, I'm believing God for a healing. You need a word from God. That's what the woman with the issue of blood got. She thought to herself. That was a God thought. If I could just touch. It was a thought. It was a, it was a God nudge. Man, I need, a, I need a word for my children. I need a, I need a word for this next season. God will talk to you. And in a season of confusion, in a season of wars and rumors of wars, in a season of what is next, God will speak to you. And, and secondly, here's where this word will lead to. It'll lead to one risk. <laughs> that laugh is like a tired faith laugh. Have you ever had one? Oh, Jesus. Here we go, Jesus. One risk. Um, the, the Lord didn't say, Abram, I am the Lord and I love you. Let's just sit and commune and just, I love those moments. Here was, here was his word, Abram, leave. <laughs> leave, leave, leave your family. Here, here's what I want to say about that. We're not talking about leaving your family. Okay. This isn't a cult. We're not going to make you drink Kool-Aid after and commit your allegiance. That's not what we're talking about here. here. Leave familiar. Leave what you know for what I know. Leave your best for my best. Step out of what you know for what only I know that will change your leave familiar. Leave your native country. Leave, leave what has been familiar to you to step into what I have for you. See, when, when we talk about God having a plan for your life, it's usually going to be pretty different than our plan. And it's scary. I, I want to I remind someone today that you can have faith 
or you can have control, but you can't have both. Anybody know that to be true yet? Have you walked with Christ long enough to know that? You, and some of you are spiritually miserable right now because you are trying to balance faith and control. And it never works. And, and if we've learned anything over the last few years, we've learned that we really don't have control anyway. I mean, it's like it's so, life is so beyond us. So we might as well just embrace faith. We might as well just embrace God's plan for our life. And many of us are trying to live in this balance when God has something so much better for us. I just want to remind you that everything good that you want in your life, everything is outside of your comfort zone. It's not inside, it's outside. But we love comfort. We love it. We love comfort. We love comfortable shoes and we love comfortable chairs and we love comfortable beds and we love, we, we, we love comfort. And there's, there's nothing wrong with comfort as long as you prioritize the call of God. And, and I just want to tell you that God's call will not always be comfortable. Conviction will not always be comfortable. Where God is calling you into will not always be comfortable. And I know we, we so desire comfort in our culture, but can I just tell you, the kingdom culture is going to pull you out of your comfort zone. It's going to bring you into something radically new, and you're going to have to, you're going to, have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. The call of God requires leaving, leaving what you know for what only God knows. I remember this so clearly four years ago when we planted the church. It was so unknown. It was so uncomfortable. It was so scary. It was so different. It was, it was so out of the ordinary. But I thank God for it now. Let me just remind you that, that what seems terrifying today is your testimony tomorrow. We, we look at great men of faith, we go, wow, they just are so full of faith. They're just so bold and they're just so confident. They weren't. <sighs> Give me an amen, somebody. They just have a track record with God now. So now it's easier to be confident. It's easier to start campuses. It's easier to pray for the sick. It's easier to win people to Christ. It's, it's easier to preach this stuff because, because we, we, we trusted God when we were scared and it's led to a testimony of God's goodness. I've seen so many people now, again, over all these years that, that really did love God. They served God, many of them even in ministry, that end up walking away from Christ. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't think it's because they're terrible people or awful people. I don't think it's because I'm better than them or anything like that. I, I think that people go back to their old life because they know it. They don't like who they were, but they, they knew who they were. They don't, they don't like what they would do on a Friday night, but at least they had something to do on a Friday night. They, they don't trust their old friend group, but at least they had a friend group. They don't like how they would act when they were angry, but at least they knew what to do with the emotion in the moment. They didn't, they didn't like how they acted and how they talked, but at least they had a language that they formed. And now this new life in Christ is so awesome when you hear it on a Sunday, right? You hear it on a Sunday and it's like, God wants to change your life. God wants to give you a new life. God has something new for you. And you're like, yes, until it's like Thursday. And all of a sudden, new feels awkward and new feels uncomfortable and new feels... Not so fun. What, what is new life in Christ on, on, on Sunday is like, feels like change by the middle of the week, and we don't like change. <laughs> we like the same. 
And yet what God is calling you into is something new, something different. And you're going to have to get past that moment. And, and if we're not careful, we, we'll, we'll usually end up like the children of Israel. They go into the, they go into the, the wilderness and they tell Moses, we really miss the leeks and onions of Egypt. Now, now think about how they say this, because we all have a tendency to sugarcoat our past. Watch this. They go, and we got it for free. That's like someone coming up to me going, yeah, man, the casino gave me a free crab dinner, man. No, it wasn't free, dog. You spent thousands in the casino. That's why they gave you. They give you crab for all of this. They, oh, man, we, we remember the leeks and onions, and it was free. It wasn't free. It was 400 years of slavery. It was 400 years of pain. It was 400 years of humiliation. It was 400 years. And if we're not careful, we will actually glamorize and sugarcoat our past. And we'll tell ourselves that it was better than it was. And we'll miss the leeks and onions. Here's why. Because in this new life of manna and quail, it can feel a little bland at first. I don't know the last time you were getting ready for dinner and you look over at your wife and go, mm, I could just really use some quail and crackers. Mm. <laughs> but you got to get through the wilderness. Watch this, because there is a promised land on the other side. There is milk and honey on the other side. There is abundance on the other side. There are vineyards that you're not going to have to plant on the other side, and cities you're not going to have to build on the other side, and wells you're not going to have to dig on the other side, but you have to make it through the wilderness. You've got to make it through the manna and the quail. See, you're, you're, you're almost closer still to Egypt than you are to the promised land, and it's in that moment that you have to take that step of faith. It's in that moment that you have to say, God, I'm going to trust you right now. See, it's a little easier for us preachers because we're experiencing the fruit of obedience, and some of you, you're still in seed form. You're, you're still under the ground. It just feels like darkness right now. It feels like, God, what have I done? But if you could ever trust God in the dark, if you could ever obey God when no one's watching, if you could, if you could trust God in the wilderness, can I tell you there is a promised land for you? There is a promised land for your family. There's a promised land for your future, but you're going to have to trust God in this season and be content with the manna and the quail now so that you can enter into everything that God has for you. You got to take a risk. You, you've got to trust God in this season to experience what he has for you in the next season. God does have a place for you. He does have a people for you. So you have to trust him in the newness of this walk with Christ, leaving the comfortable for the kingdom of God, leaving what you know for what, for what you don't know, but that God knows. Let me, let me just say this. When God calls us into, I call it a risk. It's not a risk to God. God's not like leave and like, let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. Maybe it's going to work. Maybe. No, no, no. God has a plan for you. It's not scary to God. It's just scary to us. It's not new to God. It's just new to us. It's not uncomfortable for God. It's just uncomfortable for us. And it's, and it's trusting him in that moment, leaving the comfort zone for the faith zone, for the risk zone. 
Friend, it was more comfortable for Abram to stay where he was, more comfortable for David to stay with the sheep, more comfortable for Gideon to stay in the press, more comfortable for Elisha to tread his fields, more comfortable for Peter to stay out on the boat, more comfortable for the apostles to stay in Jerusalem, but nothing Good happens in the comfort zone. It's time to take your step of faith. What is that for you? I don't know. Maybe it's water baptism. I want to get water baptized, but is my hair going to get wet? Yup. <laughs> Wear a shower cap if you need to. Take, take, your, uh, take your little things off before you go so we don't see little floaties come out. Do whatever you got to do. People going to watch? Yup. Because we're excited for you. Because you're making the best decision of your life. Because you're going public with your faith. We're not there to embarrass you. We're there to go, ah, this is amazing. But it might be time to leave your comfort zone. Maybe it's tithing. Have you taken this step yet? Well, where, where has it all going to, uh, 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 no, no, no. You got to take the step. It's scary. It's not scary to God. It's scary to you. And I heard a preacher say this one time, and it is so true. To, to every tither, the testimony is always the same. And this has been true for me. Every tither has the same testimony. We're so blessed. Not we're so rich. Not I drive a, a Bentley. Not I drive a Mercedes. But just, man, we're just so blessed. Wow, just, wow, God has a way. God has a way of doing more with 90 than I could do with 100. Wow. And you know what? The testimony of the non-tither is always the same. I can't afford it. How dare you? I can't afford it. And I've heard that from guys making 30000 a year, and I've, and I've heard that from millionaires. But you gotta, you got to take the step. Is it time to serve? So what do I, I got to like hold a sign and like, is that going to be awkward? No, no, no. You're going to help people. Am I going to like go park cars? Are they going to give me tips? No, no tips, no tips, no tips. You're just going to, you're going to help people. Do so you want me to like go in kids ministry and like babysit? No, no, no. We're raising up the next generation. We're, we're, we're seeing kids radically change. Come on, take a risk. Take a step of faith. Believe God. Come on Wednesday night. Come on Wednesday night to the prayer meeting. Well, my friends think that's kind of crazy if I go to church twice a week. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But you know, it's funny that when you were in the world, they didn't think it was crazy for you to go to the bar on Friday night and on Saturday night and then do brunch on Sunday morning bottomless mimosas or whatever they do at brunch. That wasn't weird, huh? You never went to the bar two days in a row and your friends went, hey, so uh, you're getting a little radical? I mean, and yet we come to church twice a week and our friends go, whoa, so like what's going on over there at James River? Like, is that kind of like, like I heard all they want is your money. Like, I don't know. Like what's going on over there? All they want is your money. Go to a movie and pay $20 for a movie. Go buy a bucket of popcorn for like $98 with inflation. Amen. You know what I mean? The world wants your money. We don't want your money. God, and God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. But you got to take, take the risk. Even when people don't understand, you got to take, take the risk. Lastly, lastly, let me have the, me have the team come up because I'm going to wrap this thing up. You, you got to make one move. Jabin, you just talked about one risk. Why do I got to take one move? Because we didn't hear it the first time. <laughs> so I'm basically going to preach point two again. <laughs> you ready? Okay, come on, tithers. Let's go. No, no. Okay, watch. Leave your native country. Leave your family. Leave, your, leave familiar. Watch this. And go. 
It's like God has to tell Abram again. Okay, like for real. <laughs> Faith is going to require movement. Okay, God, okay, I'll go, I'll go. Okay, Lord, um, where would you like me to go? I'll show you. Okay, okay. Um, Lord, I'm good with that, but uh, Sarah is not going to be good with that. She's not going to be happy with that. <sighs> go, and I will make you a great nation. And if God showed you the destination too soon, there would be no making. The making is in the going without knowing. <laughs> Thank you, sir, for that golf clap. You got it started. You're like, I've been there before. Right? See, we want it to be like, like our little car GPS system. We want to put in the destination that we want, and then we want the whole route. And God goes, I don't do it that way. You just start taking steps of faith. Do the last thing I told you to do. Well, God, I need details. God goes, if there's details, there's no faith. If there's details, there's no transformation. The transformation happens in the, I heard from God, and the last thing I heard him to do was say go, so I'm going to start going. See, where there is clarity, faith is not required. And I love clarity. I get it sometimes. It's awesome. It's just not that common. Most of my life is the Holy Spirit saying, go. Plant the church. Start the business. Take your wife to counseling. I mean, together. No, I wasn't talking about my wife. It's all about, well, what, are, what are we going to do in counseling? Just go. Am I going to have to be honest? Yeah, you're going to have to be honest. You're going to have to give, serve, love, forgive. Okay, God, I want all the results. No, I can't give you all the results. Because nothing would change in you. So I, so I have to get you, like Peter, to take that step out on the water. And you've, and you've got to trust the moment. And it's in, watch this, it's in the going that I'm making. <laughs> the making doesn't happen without the going. And he said, I'll make you a great nation. He said, I'll make your name great. <sighs> Think about that. Do you come from alcoholism? He said, I'll make your name great. Do you come from a family tree of divorce? I'll make your name great. Do you come from a family of addiction? I'll make your name great. Do you come from endless cycles of poverty? I'll make your name great. Do you come from endless men of, of anger? I'll make your name great. Do, do you come from addiction after addiction? I'll make your name. God goes, I will change everything about you. I will not, I will not treat you according to your family tree, but according to what I'm about to do in your life, according to the cross of Jesus Christ, I'm about to break in with blessing. I'm about to break in with a new life that you've never, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to do something radically different with your life than you've ever, has every woman in your family had breast cancer? Has every person in your family dealt with that illness? No, he said, I'll make your name great. I'm going to change you from the end. I'm going to break the curse off of your life that what your kids, 
Your kids will not know what you've known. Your kids will not struggle with what you've struggled with. The next generation will not have to fight your battles because Abram, I'm about to do something so deep in you, but you're going to have to go. Psalm 84, I'm going to take you from strength to strength. John 1, I'm going to take you from grace to grace. Romans 1, I'm going to take you from faith to faith. 2 Corinthians 3, I'm going to take you from glory to glory. Why? Just so we can have nicer stuff? Just so we can walk around saying I'm blessed? No, no, no. Because I'm going to do something so radical through you. Through you. It shouldn't end with you. It's going to go through you. It's going to get on your kids and it's going to get on the next generation and it's going to, it's going to change everything about you. It's going to change your family. It's going, to, it's going to go through. It's going to change this region and the state and the nations through you. I'm believing this for myself. I'm going, God, if you can do it in Vegas, you can do it anywhere. God, make me a testimony to millions of pastors around the world. God, do something through my life. I, I say yes to you. Do it through me, not for me. Not so I can walk around with a big church. God, do something Do something here that would inspire other pastors. God, do something through my life that would, that would inspire the world. God, do something through me. And if you'll go, God said, I'll make. And if you'll go, I'll do something through you. But you gotta, you gotta go.